battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tide, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, in all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me. 
whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan who is the of this world. The world around me is not my home and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is impatiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you. For it is nothing more than a gateway to hell and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love. And I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if somebody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution. To think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate. To speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized. And to believe the Bible, even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscles. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit, man, has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the Spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me. And I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke, bind, and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have set your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me, and I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me, and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do. And the word of God shall be the binding and final authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life. Through my word, examples, character, and deeds, my marriage is blessed and washed in the blood, and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day, as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God, and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord, and trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite, and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass, and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God, and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. 
I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrifice has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. 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 I tell you that. That's all right. That's all right, I pray. Yes, all right. We just want to thank you and welcome you tonight for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And we're going to be talking about from ears to feet. Now, what was that again? From ears to feet. From ears to feet. All now, right. if you keep listening, you get ready to learn what he's talking about from ears to feet. All right. So, we're going to start with Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. 26 and uh, 27. 27. Okay, there we go. Consider well the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established and ordered aright. Turn not aside to the right hand or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Mm. Think about that. Think Consider about well that. the path of your feet. Yeah. So, because evil, evil can be on the left or on the right. Be careful the where your feet go. Yeah, be careful where you let your feet take you. That's right, because you know, science has demonstrated that hearing impacts how we walk and that even our balance is influenced by how well we hear. Mm. So instructions or education, that is, what we hear is crucial to how we live. Now we're going to look at, we're still in Proverbs 4, let's go up to 7. All right. Now sometimes we don't think what we hear impacts has an effect on what we do. Uh-huh, it does. And what we do is sin. Mm. So it starts in the mind, as it works in the mind, then your feet take you where you don't need to go. And that ends up being So we're going to go to Proverbs 4, 7. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom, skillful and godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you have gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. And that's what you call true wisdom. Wisdom is a principal thing. That's right. True wisdom is a, it's a principal thing. That's getting all wisdom. And when you get wisdom, you get understanding along with it. That's right. Wisdom without understanding is no good. And understanding without wisdom is no good. good. They go together, brother and sister. That's right. Yeah, no matter how good the instruction is, The student must pay attention, not without some irony in ancient Egyptian teaching noted that the ear of the boy is on his back. He listens when he is beaten. Hmm. In Egyptian art, the student was often represented with big ears on his back. So it's not enough just to know about right and wrong. We need to know how to choose right and not wrong. 
So training in wisdom consists in hearing proper instruction and in following and obeying what we have learned so that we don't end up walking in the wrong direction. Yeah, I always kind of knew, you know, when something was wrong and when it sounded like it was good and it didn't hurt, but when it hurt and it sounded like it was good, it was wrong. Yeah, that's correct. That's you, just like he tells you about reading his word. All of us read, but we don't obey. That's right. So it's, if something sounds like it's good and it's true, then I know, whoa, I didn't think about that. But if it sounds good and I don't like it, then it's true. That's what I need to hear. That's right. Because it hurts. But those things that's not good for you sounds good, but they're not true, and they're bad for you. That's right. So in Proverbs 4 and read 7, she says, What particular truth is found here, and how can we apply this to our own lives as we seek to live in faithfulness to God? Well, the act of hearing marks the first step in education. Mm-hmm. So in Hebrew, thought the seat of wisdom or of intelligence is located not in the brain, but in the ears. Well, this implies that even before we seek, conceptualize, or, or solve a problem, we first need to hear it. Yes. Well, you can't solve it if you can't hear it. That's right. So this means we need to listen. That's right. <laughs> and so... When Solomon asks for wisdom, he specifically asks for a hearing heart. Let's go look at 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 9. 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 9. All right, verse 9. Chapter 3 and verse 9. Okay, 3 and 9. You were 9 and 3. Oh, all right, yeah. 3 and 9. 3 and 9. servant and understanding mind and hearing heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge and rule this your great people and that's what Solomon asked for so the first act of wisdom then is to listen which suggests that wisdom comes from an external source in this case the parents we cannot discover wisdom by ourselves. The self-made individual is an impossible concept in the domain of biblical wisdom. Wisdom is, first of all, something that we receive, not something we shape with our own skills, or that we unearth through our own brilliance and reasoning. The capacity of paying attention Hebrews, to put one's heart, implies the involvement of the heart. So the search for wisdom, then, 
is not merely a cold, objective enterprise. The heart, which is the core of the individual, and in Hebrew thought, the seat of the emotionist, participates in the search for wisdom. Well, you see, know, that's pretty powerful, the way he put that. Yes, that is. That is very powerful. And so, uh, as my mom used to always say, boy, you know, false sense of better talk says, well, mm. I don't like when you buy wisdom. That's, you, you really don't learn it then. It's painful. It's painful. <laughs> you will never forget that. It's better to be taught it. As you said, from an external source. That's right. The parents. That's right. It's better for your parents to teach it than to get out there and have to pay a price to learn it. Because I tell you, when you have to pay for wisdom, it's pain long way. And sometimes death. And sometimes death, yeah. Like you're saying, emotion play a crucial role in our basic existence as human, and thus cannot and should not be ignored in our relationship with God. We gotta remember that. That's right. So we'll go into the New Testament. First Peter, let's find him. First Peter chapter five and verse eight. Okay, first Peter. I, I got heard that one. You heard that yeah, in first heard Peter. That you said I heard <laughs> chapter yeah, five, I, verse eight. Yeah, <laughs> first Peter, I got that one five, five eight. And I heard eight. that one. Okay. Well, once we determine to walk in the way of wisdom, we still need great caution because we will meet obstacles along the way. So in first Peter five eight says, Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times, for that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. Mm. Mm -hmm. So one of the greatest dangers we face deals with our families, the most precious, sensitive, and intimate domain of life. Mm -hmm. The first danger begins with ourselves. Yes. You... you. Believe it or not, you are your worst enemy. Always. Whenever you think you got an enemy, always remember stand in the mirror and look at self. That is very true. It starts right there. Now we say the first danger begins with ourselves and it lies in our own words. Mm. We shall watch our tongues to make sure that what we say does not convey an inappropriate or mixed mes message. So our lips should be in harmony with our knowledge and should reflect our spiritual views. Mm -hmm. So our second danger comes from the other woman or the other man. <laughs> Although the text refers to the danger coming from a strange woman, the language should be understood in a generic sense. Temptation could come from either a man or a woman who interferes in the family, either could seduce a spouse into violating the marriage vows, and who hasn't seen or experienced just how destructive this sin is. Right. And see, people don't understand that either, that we got to be careful in who, even in our own family, because family could tear your marriage down, and what happened? Well... Family is worse than that to anybody. Sure is. Is uh, tearing up the marriage. They don't have to lock your wife. Boom. Then the fire is right there. 
Oh, I don't like her. Sitting I ain't ladies. never liked her from the day my brother married her. And yeah. bam, the prize off. Or the brother could like that woman, and bam, the prize off. I mean, the devil works in so many ways in a marriage that if you don't close the door tight and leave the least little crack, the devil can work his way in there. That's why you got to be careful and watch as well as pray. Exactly, because according to the text, the best way to resist these temptations, which often start with alluring words, is to listen to the words of wisdom. By heeding and obeying inspired instruction, we are more likely to stay focused on the essentials and so be protected from adultery and whatever other temptations come our way. And see, that's another thing. That will make you get, you make you feel not content with your mate or, you know, we should have this or we don't have that and so and so have this. And you start feeling like, you know, I'm in this marriage and he or she is not doing what I want them to do. Well, that's why the Lord tells you to be content. Amen. Whatever you're at, whatever you are, with whatever you have, be content. And see, we, 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 a lot of us get married uh, for the wrong reason. That's to get true. away from home. That's right. Get somebody help you pay the bills. Yeah. Somebody help you buy food. So we don't get married for love. God says, whom shall I put together? No man. Put asunder. But you hear that? So if God joins you together, these things are most likely not going to happen. See, but so many people get married for so many reasons but to love. That's exactly right. And of course, not only should we keep ourselves from adultery, we should also avoid going to places where the temptress, where the temptress stays. So we're going to go to 10, we and 5, we're going to the 10th verse. Okay, there we go. Okay. And after you suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessings and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely, and strengthen and settle you. So we certainly should not approach her door. In other words, that's what he's telling you. Even though you may suffer a little while, who had who imparts the God of all grace, who imparts all blessings and favor, the Lord said he will Strengthen you, establish you, and settle you. Yes, and he will do that. But you can't keep walking in the pride. That's why I said don't that. go to the temptress where the temptress stays. And, and don't expect to get burned. Uh, okay? Amen. You got to stay out of the pride in order not to get burned. God says he'll, he'll protect you. He'll and that's you. how he protects your family. That's right. If you stay away from the fire. And keep your hands out on the fire, and you can be protected. That's right, because finally, perhaps the best protection of all against the temptation to love another woman or man in this, just love your own spouse, the wife or the husband of your youth. The author of Ecclesiastes resonated with this counsel. 
Ecclesiastic, we're going to go to Ecclesiastic 9.9. We're going to go to Ecclesiastic, um, that's in the Old Testament. ECC, yes. Robert. Uh, Ecclesiastic. There it is, chapter 9, verse 9. 9.9. Nine. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun all the days of futility, for that is your portion in this life and in your work at which you toil under the sun. I like the word he said, uh, love, uh, love all the days of your Foolish life. life. I like that. I like Which that part. Yeah, I like that. I like the way he said right In other that. words, he said, but that is your part in life and in your work which you do under the sun. That's right. There you go. So what he what he's telling you, enjoy your life with your wife whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you. But so be thankful for what you have. And you won't be looking elsewhere. That's right. Be thankful what we what, what we are see alone to go along with that. Mm. This is why God tells us to bury the old man every day. Wow. Because if you don't bury the old man, you're gonna always lust after what the world has to offer. That's correct. And you're gonna find yourself out there seeing something better than what you have. And that's where you're going to end up doing just what he tells you not to do. That's right. So you love him. And, if, you, him. and if you're not taking care of what God is giving you, it's going to be looking for what the world has to offer. offer. And you're still not going to be happy. And you're still not going to be happy. we got to fulfill our jobs. We can't neglect anything. See, so we're in the marriages or neglected. It's, it's not it's not taking care of job and you're not fulfilling your seat. Your seat is sitting there empty mm -hmm. and you wonder why somebody else sitting in it. You have <laughs> you can't leave your seat empty. If you you're supposed to fill that seat then fill it. Don't right. leave every it day empty. in your this meaningless life. That's <laughs> right. There you go. Also you have to be careful because you want to protect your friendship. So Lord, they said, someone once said, Lord, protect me from my friends. I can take care of my enemy. But the book of Proverbs is concerned with the vulnerability of friendship. It counsels us on how to keep our friends and also, if necessary, how to protect ourselves from them. So the Hebrew word for friend also means neighbor. The one who is close to us, the one who is already a friend or who may become one. So biblical wisdom values human relationship and appeals for thoughtfulness and respect in these relationships. So we're going to be going to Proverbs. Proverbs is a powerful book. Oh, I love that book. It is a powerful book. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. One Proverbs six. six. Proverbs six. One, two, five. <laughs> yes. Okay. My son, if you have become security for your neighbor, if you have given your pledge for a stranger or another, 
You are snared with the words of your lips. You are caught by the speech of your mouth. Do this now, at once, and earnestly, my son, and deliver yourself when you have put yourself into the power of your neighbor. Go, be stir, and humble yourself, and beg your neighbor to pay his debt, and thereby release you. Give not unnecessary sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself as a roe or gazel from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. So what problem does Solomon refer to and what is the solution? Well, while the Torah urges people to help the poor and to lend them money without charging interest, wisdom warns us against unwise financial bagging for a friend who is in debt. Oh, we're going to look at that in Exodus. That's okay. Exodus uh, 22 and 25. 22, 25. Oh, okay. Excellent. Um, Exodus and I'll go up. Talk another way. That's down, baby. Down, sorry. Keep going. Exodus over there. Chapter 22. 22 and 25. Okay. Let me know when you're there. I'm ready. If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor, you should not be to him as a creditor, neither should you require interest from him. Hmm. That's what he's saying. Wisdom warns us against unwise financial bagging for a friend who is in debt. So the duty of charity does not exclude the duty of justice. So in Exodus 23, in other words, he's saying, if you lend them some money. This is, um, do not do wrong to a will. Well, 25. Go oh, to 25. okay, 25. I'm, I'm, Oh, I if you let any of the poor among my people have the use of your money, do not be a hard creditor to him and do not take interest. In other words, he don't want us to ask for interest. Right. Because we're not a bank. I'm not a bank. So you have, no, you have no right to charge him interest. Exactly. You have no right to do that. I know plenty of people who've done it. Um, Want to charge you five cents on dollar, ten cents on dollar? Mom said you have no right to do that. You shouldn't do that at all. That's right. And what he's saying in um, uh, twenty-three two, and we're gonna go to Exodus twenty-three now. Exodus twenty-three. Okay, I'm not twenty-three. Twenty-three, and we started two. We'll do two and three. You should not follow a crowd to do evil, nor should you bear witness at a trial so as to side with a multitude to pervert justice. Neither should you be partial to a poor man in his trial just because he is poor. So although we need to be generous when we can, we would be wise to make sure that our charity will not turn into 
a fiasco. Mm. So what you always say, which is in two and three, do not be moved to do wrong. It's like you said about the general opinion or give the support of your words to a wrong decision. But on the other hand, do not be turned from what is right in order to give support to a poor man's case. Right. So we got to be careful. So what he's saying is if, if, if you, if you rip two or three people on a jury and they find a man guilty, you, you cannot find enough evidence to feel if they say that man is guilty. Do don't, not support their wrong Don't decision. support right? Don't do not support that jury. Don't find them guilty because because uh, everybody else every, did. Everybody else did. Yeah. You you have to vote not guilty because you get sufficient enough evidence to say, Well, yeah, I, I, I feel he's guilty without uh without any cause to say anything else. Well, we also got to be careful in that, too. We're going to go to Proverbs 22. Proverbs chapter yeah. 22. Yeah, we have to 22. Mm -hmm. right. And verse 27. Okay, 27. Let's go. We got here. And... 27 said, if you have nothing with which to make payment, he will take away your bed from under you. Well, uh, we know that to be true. Uh, don't make your don't uh, make no payment on a car, it's gonna be taken out of money. Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever it may be. Uh, if you got a bed, you ain't made payment. Don't take that, just sleep on the floor. <laughs> they don't care. So <laughs> so hence the wise counsel given to us in the Proverbs. The first caution applies to our words. How crucial that we evaluate the situation and make sure that we can afford to help our friend. If so, only then speak and promise. Indeed, the warmth of our relationship or a moment of emotion may participate our commitment and we may regret Regret it afterwards. In other words, if you give the promise, you need to make sure you have it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, in the old days, as young people call it now, in our old days, your word was your bond. Sure was. You know, you, you didn't have to sign your name away. You you spoke it, and people said, hey, he is good his word. If he said it, it's okay. It's okay. He it's said, okay. if you say you're going to do it, he's going to do he's it. He's going to do it. You didn't have to sign nothing. You didn't have to write nothing down. Because if you said it, it, it that was it. Good enough. But so, now, you better get it in writing three or four times. And even then, you may not get what you have. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter how well intention you might have, might have been, it's crucial to think before you act and commit to something that you can't fulfill. The point is that if we get into a bind, we need to do what we can to fix it, including humbling ourselves and admitting our mistake and asking for grace. Yes. Well, that's right. You need to think before you commit yourself to anything. You need to figure out your bills, figure out what it may be yeah. before you go and get something and can't pay for it. Because many times we know when we go get that house, 
and you're saying, I'm going to pay for this, or you see something nice, you're looking at it because, you know what, you want to prove something, you know you can't afford it. Again, you're letting the old man need to die. Yeah. Because again, you're letting the old man rise. You're letting the flesh lead the world offer and the flesh wants it. That's right. That's why you need to let the old man die and let God lead you. Let God control you. Let God tell you what you, what you need and let your wants be there. Because your wants is the old man. That's right. Your wants is the old man. And that's when you need to let die and let God lead you. Because God is going to make sure you get your needs. That's right. But he's not interested in your wants. That's right, because that's what you want. Mm -hmm. And it may not be what you can afford. See. So we're going to come back and we're going to take a little break. And we'll come back. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sleeping Bible Study Hour. Let the devil know that you encouraged. Let him know that you encouraged. Let him know. Hallelujah. I don't know about you tonight, but somebody may be crying, but I come to let you know that God can make it all right. <laughs> It's impossible to see But God is going to work it out If you just believe Remember this one thing While you're going through If God delivered Daniel Guess what? He'll do the same for you, 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 you. Hey. No matter what's going on. No matter what's going on. He'll make it all right. Said it in his word. Be, gonna be alright! 
That's right. Amen. Amen. So if you just joined us, you are listening to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Three Things Bible Study Hour. And we're talking about from ears to feet. And we're talking about so many things. So we was talking about starting off protection for your uh, friendship, family. <laughs> so many things. And now we're going to finish, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. Proverbs 6, chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. Go to the ant, you slugger, consider her ways, and be wise, which, having no chief, overseer, or ruler, provides her food in the summer and gathers her supplies in the harvest. So not only do ants work hard, even harder than humans, if one compares the burden they are able to carry to the burden humans can carry in proportion to their respective weight. But ants work independently independently, and do not need to be supervised. The main reason for their hard work is the future. That's right. That's right. They go ahead. They're, they're working to, <laughs> to build for the future, for the winter time. They all work hard because they all lay back and enjoy their work. Exactly. They anticipate times of trouble, which is winter, and prepare themselves for it. So the ant teaches us the wisdom of thinking about the future when making plans or engaging in activity. So this is a question that demands consideration by every parent, every teacher, every student, by every human being, young or old, 
No scheme of business or plan of life can be sound or complete that embraces only the brief years of this present life and makes no provision for the unending future. You know, and it's true because, you know, as we want to grow up, we don't realize we need to work and prepare for the future as we get older. Right. But our children today, some of them don't believe in working all those years. Well, that's why, let you read number nine. No, how long will you be sleeping, old hater of work, <laughs> when, when you get up from your sleep? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. These young people today, that's what they want to do is sleep. They would sleep and work. And then they expect to have something for the future. They expect you to give. They feel that the world owes them something. And 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 uh, <clears throat> not just young people. There's some people older than young. They're men at no age. And, and they haven't worked ever. And they feel that, hey, uh, the world owes me. No. Nobody owes you nothing. That's right. You owe yourself. And if you don't work, then you have nothing. And so, no. just like you're saying, that, that's true. And we're going to finish reading. Oh, we started okay. with I nine. Didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to cut you out. Go ahead. We, we started with nine. I read that part. And said, what can we learn from the slugger? Well, let's go with ten since we read oh, nine already. Okay. <laughs> Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to lie down and sleep. So will your poverty come like a robber or one who travels with slowly but surely approaching steps and your wants like an armed man making you helpless? Mm -hmm. So it is the slugger who has something to learn from the ant, not the only way around. Go to the ant. You slugger, consider her ways and be wise. Mm -hmm. See, while the ants are at work, the, the sluggers are asleep. While the ants are productive at the harvest, the sluggers keep folding their two hands. A symbol of in indolence. Mm -hmm. The ants surpasses themselves by carrying burdens mm -hmm. heavier than themselves and by preparing for the future. But the sluggers live in the present and are occupied only with themselves. And, excuse me, you know who we're, the slugger, we're, who we're related to as slugger? Grasshoppers. That's all they do. They jump, they jump, jump eat, jump, <laughs> eat, jump, eat, and they just eat and jump, have their bombs. And then when winter comes, they die out. The least little <laughs> cold weather comes, what happens? They come and they die. You know, slugers, you being lazy, that's laziness. That's laziness. And what happened? They, if they get lazy look cold weather, they start dying off. Because right. all they do is celebrate and eat and hop and eat. It's and all hop about and them, eat. just and them look, at that point. It's all about right there and there. Mm -hmm. That's why they never make it through any cool weather before they vanish. That's why every spring we see the ants come back. Mm -hmm. And they're working, getting what they need. <laughs> See, we got little insects just like us. <laughs> <laughs> and the ant is so small that he gets everything he needs. Yes. 
So after having warned us against the particular evils that threaten three domains of life, our family, our social contacts, our work, Proverbs also gives us a portrayal of the wicked. It is a satire full of irony and sharp physiological observe, observation. So the two poems, we're going to read Proverbs we're in 6, we're going to read 12 through 15. A worthless person, a wicked man, is he who goes about with perverse, contrary, wayward mouth. He winks with his eyes. He speaks by shuffling or tapping with his feet. He makes signs to mislead and deceive and teaches with his fingers. Willful and contrary in his heart, he devises trouble, vexation, and evil continually. He lets loose discord and sows it. Therefore, upon him shall the crushing weight of calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken, and that without remedy. Mm. Mm. So, that's the first one. 16 through 19 is a parallel. Okay. These six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. 18. A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans and feet that are swift in running to evil. Uh, 19. A false witness who breathes out lies even under oath. And he who sows discord among his brethren. Well, the wicked person inside is described as linked to what is thought in the heart. At the same time, it all becomes manifested in what what is done on the outside. That's what we gotta understand. You got something you need to say to Well, I'm just looking at this and this well, on yours for 18, it says a heart full of evil designs, yeah. feet which are quick and running after sin. Mm-hmm. I just look at how much of that is all of us. Pride, false tongue, hands which take the life without cause. Yes. I mean, and, 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 we, we have, and we think that we are doing all right. We think that we're okay. We'll get up and look in the mirror and up and go to church and say amen and tell and think we're doing all right because we paid our tithes when it comes from the deacon. Right. And we think we're doing all right. And God is saying, no church, get yourself right. That's exactly right because if you indulge in vain imagination, committing your mind to dwell upon impure subjects, you are, in degree, as guilty before God as if your thoughts were carried into actions. So the imagery is ironic. The walking wicked follows the lazy slugger. The two attitudes seem to be different, and yet they carry the same lesson. Both stay with themselves. Mm. 
Neither one is interested in the instruction coming from ourselves or themselves, outside of themselves. They both follow their own wisdom and inclinations. The sluggers are sleeping, and neither their ears nor their feet function. <laughs> the wicked have only their feet and their mouths working, not their ears. Oh, my God. The result is the same. They will both go to destruction. I like how they put that. They both follow their own wisdom and inclination. The one that's sleeping, neither their ears nor their feet function. The wicked have only their feet and their mouths working, not their ears. That's <laughs> so, right. So in other words, we need the ears, we need our mouths, and we need our you know, feet to function. Meanwhile, evil has two effects. It harms not only persons sin against, but sinners as well. Mm-hmm. The liar will finally believe their own lies. It is also noteworthy that the ultimate result of wickedness is discord and conflict, which also can affect society. Indeed, the effect of sin rarely, if ever, remains confined to sinners. Others are impacted and usually only for the worse, and that is very true. That is very true. Very true. That's why he tells us to be careful what we speak. Right. Be careful with what comes out of your mouth. That's right. Somebody from the heart, the mouth speaking. Exactly. And that's that's what we gotta realize. We're gonna look at Matthew in the, in the New Testament. Matthew fifteen and verse nineteen. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, reasoning, and disputing, and design, such as murder, adultery, sexual vice, theft, false witness, slander, and invariant speech. We gotta remember that we. What are the important points in being is being made here? Well, we gotta be careful of our heart. For out of the heart. These things happen. That's right. That's where they happen. They happen first. Right. We're going to read 18. We go right up to 18. And it says, But whatever comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And this is what makes a man unclean and defiled. Mm-hmm. He defiles That's himself. That's right. Makes him unclean. Well, so what part of that can we learn from uh, his words, what he's speaking tonight? That's right. We got to remember that everything that we do or say, we got to be careful in what we say. We got to think. Yeah, because what we say and speak should always uplift Jesus and always he should get the glory from it. And that that's not happening. And it's unclean to speak or say. Or even think. That's correct. That should always be holy. And pure and not pure yeah. thoughts. Yes. And if it's not that, then we need to ask God to forgive us. Exactly. We need to pray. We need to, we need to get on our knees and, and, and ask the Lord to cleanse our minds. You know, one of the chief causes of mental in you know, the mental efficiency, the moral weakness is the lack of concentration. 
with an immense tide of printed matter constantly pouring from the press, old and young form, the habit of reading hastily and superficially, and mind and the mind loses its power of connected and vigorous thought. You gotta remember, you know, we we always in a rush when it comes to so many things. We 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 even when it comes to cooking, we don't even take the you know how we used to take a recipe and yeah, used yeah. to focus and get the right we don't even do that. We ingredients. You write write it ingredients, down. you write right. it down and you focus on really making well, that good pie. Yeah. That, yeah, we even had a recipe box where we had all our recipes in that box and uh, and you one, concentrated. Right, one for the pies, one for the cookies, one for the cakes. Yeah. Shoot, we too lazy to have one, one box of recipes. Well, what we do now is go get a box cake. Yeah. And then sometimes don't even do that right. No, no, don't even do that right. Cook it <laughs> too hard. Because we get a rush. Cook it too hard. Cook it too long. We, we decide to put, well, this says do, this, well, I'm going to use this. Do we know laziness is a sin? It's a sin. It's he a says sin. a slugger. It's right. God, and then we, we think we're not doing anything wrong because we don't drink or we don't run women or we don't smoke or we don't gamble. See, we call them big sins. I don't do them big sins, so I'm, I'm good with God. He said, it's the little small thing that's going to do what? It's the small thing that we're going to lose our soul. That's right. It's those little weights that's mm -hmm. so easily beset us. There you go. That's the words I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. It's the little weight that's going to so easily beset us. See, because we don't think that they mean anything to God. You know what? And, and what we got to understand, too, um, the habitations that the ants build for themselves show skill and perseverance. Only one little grain at a time can they handle. That's right. But by diligence and perseverance, they accomplish wonders. Amen. It's the grain that they get. God, the same skill thing. and perseverance. The, I love same, that. the same thing with birds. Have you ever noticed birds when they build nests? They get a certain kind of... Uh, right. Uh, certain kind of weed or straw. A straw, They'll yeah. pick it up, you'll put them there, put it down. They'll go get another one. It's so amazing they, to watch. they're so particular about yes, they what are. they build the nest. We are not particular about anything. That's what God is telling us. Yeah, right. We're not particular about anything. And their skill and perseverance is what mm -hmm. he wants us to have mm -hmm. as his children. That we should have that we don't, we do not have. That is exactly right. So as we ponder on this about from ears to feet, we have to have all of that, but we have to have a listening ear as well. That's why it said listening ear. Yeah. From ears to feet. When you listen well. And you get the instructions, you obey, and then the feet move in the right direction. In the right direction. You can't hear Lord speak to you if you don't listen. And if you don't listen, you won't hear that little soft voice that speaks to you. That's right. So therefore, you can't move on what God asks you to move on. Because we got to listen 
without errors, and we got to establish wisdom from God Himself. Amen. 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 I love it. So, and I love that. Today was even more powerful. So we just want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And we're going to play a song. We're going to come back with our email address and our closing comments and prayers. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64.
right, that was the Canton Spirituals. Show me the way. That was really good. I like that. So, thank you for joining us tonight on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour, where we talked about from ears to feet. And our closing comments tonight is Solomon points to the industry of an ant as a reproach to those who waste their hours in idleness or in practices that corrupt soul and body. The ant prepares for future seasons, but many gifted with reasoning powers fail to prepare for the future immortal life. So remember that. Don't be the slugger. Be the ant that is very skillful and they persevere. So we just want to thank you. And if you have Bible questions or you need prayer, you can email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. And we got a closing prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word, that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else, while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. And may you have a wonderful and blessed weekend and happy Sabbath and good night.